0: who's still buffering a cross-generational guide to the
1: culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, you all having a good week so far? Anything exciting going on? Any new... Anything? Anybody going anywhere? Nope. Anybody doing any at-home fun hobbies? Every week is the same. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I. I've had moments where I've woken up in the morning to opened my eyes and thought, is it a new, is it Again? another, another <laughs> is it another? Yeah. Have, have you like missed the, the weekdays by like, not just like, oh, it's, I thought it was Thursday, it's Wednesday, but I definitely had a day where it was like Friday and I thought it was Tuesday. Yeah. Like, it just like my brain stopped counting at some point. I had some busy days where I had a lot of work to do and I was like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's the end of the week. Who knows? Who can know? Nothing matters. (laughs) Time is an illusion.
0: (laughs) Especially it doesn't matter now.
1: If I were an alien, I would be abducting people like crazy right now because nobody knows about the time loss. You could just go like, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Just get all the humans you are right now. They don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, like the aliens, apparently the governments, you know, everything's happening. The government's like, yeah, also aliens. And then also NASA's like, yeah, there's also a parallel universe. Where time moves backwards. I thought that was a myth. I thought that was not... I I mean, I'm sure someone on the internet, if they hear me say this and I'm wrong, will tweet at me and tell me I'm wrong. But I read an article that was, like, interviewing NASA people talking about how they found these particles and they moved... Backward. I don't understand physics or science, but like they were talking about how they move backwards, so it had to indicate
1: it. I don't know. I okay. I I saw that, but I saw by the time I saw it, immediately after it was tweeted. No, NASA did not discover a parallel universe where time runs backwards. So I don't. But I didn't read either article. I just thought, well, I'm I'm just gonna stay out of this one. Yeah. I. I saw that headline and I was just like, you know what? No, I'm still not fully processed on the aliens and the murder hornets, so I'm gonna save that one for next time unit that is immeasurable. Now maybe I did
0: read the article and said like this is an explanation. They were saying it's probably not true, but this could be it. And I think people just took that and kinda ran with it because it was, you know, people saying, Oh, there could be a parallel universe where time runs backwards. So we and also it's good it's good content uh resource material to be able to tweet about, you know, the parallel universe version of yourself.
1: I, I like I like this approach to things though. This is an explanation. It's like, well, uh hey, Cooper, why why is your cup of milk empty and there's milk all over the floor? Uh well, um obviously a uh, rogue werewolf came running in, <laughs> scared us, dumped my milk out and ran out. That's an explanation. Ran out. That is that is an explanation. I, I like this. I, I like this explanation, though, because it implies that perhaps Benjamin Button is a sci-fi novel. And he is, in fact, an alien from the parallel universe where time runs backwards. <laughs> <laughs> please get to work on this on this piece of work you have just described immediately. <laughs> Benjamin Button, the sci-fi novel. I think, could you make it a musical, please? Absolutely. Could it have songs? I think all of the above. Parallel universes and sing songs. (laughs) Okay. Now I looked it up because
0: I really didn't want a lot of people tweeting at me and telling me I was (laughs) spreading misinformation. I really didn't want that. So uh, this article from sciencealert.com is talking about the real science behind it and says that it started where uh, there were scientists that had found some... Particles. I don't understand science is me paraphrasing in Antarctica and what these could mean for a speculative cosmo- cosmological model that posits there's possibly an antimatter universe extending backwards from the Big Bang. That was where it started. And then other articles picked that up and ran with it, saying that ah. it is a parallel
1: universe where time runs backwards. Okay.
0: So it's not entirely false, but it's not entirely true. <laughs> well.
1: We're going to have to start fact checking your your tweets now just like the president
0: hey i didn't tweet about the parallel universe (laughs) i just read many tweets about the parallel
1: universe i i think the fact that we live in the universe where we do have to fact check the president's tweets uh is enough evidence for me to want to embrace a parallel universe yeah i'll i'll go there i don't i just really want to know his his vague threats of he's going serious action is going to happen or something is going to happen like well, okay. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna just just end Twitter because you know what? It's maybe bad, maybe good. <laughs> yeah, maybe something yeah. maybe something you can't do. Um I on that note, I would just like to say I voted by mail this past week. Me too. Yes. It was easy. It was convenient. And I will say I also felt like I did a better job because there were a ton of local elections and I try to keep up with those. But I always get caught off guard by somebody on the ballot where I'm like, I didn't know this position existed, Mm -hmm. let alone who these candidates are for said position. Yeah. There are lots of like someone
0: running for. Um. Was it something of agriculture?
1: Yes, something, something in local city government or county, something in local government that had to do with agriculture. And I did not know what this position was. So I took the time. You're able to look it up to look up the position, Mm -hmm. to look up the candidates, to do a little bit of reading and feel like I actually made a decision as opposed to what happens when you go vote in person, which is. Oh, no, I guess. Well, I guess. And, you know, it's, I, I could see where the problem here is, though, because, you know, usually when people vote and they're uninformed, they vote via name recognition. And that's usually just based on who spent the most money on their campaign. Whereas if you have it at home and get to do the research and actually engage with the candidates, I guess that works against the people that just had a bunch of money to throw around. Hmm. I don't know why mm-hmm. we're against this. The only reason you'd be against more people voting is if you thought you'd lose when more people voted, and especially with more people voted in with like some information at their disposal. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I thought there was nothing dangerous or concerning about voting by mail. It was um, very helpful for and me. If you hear if you hear some story coming out of uh, West Virginia about voting fraud, have you heard this? No. There's apparently a mail carrier in one of the other counties here who changed like six uh voter applications ballot applications from requesting democratic ballots to republican ballots not this was not voting fraud they did not change the ballot mm-hmm. these people had not received a ballot they had sent in applications for a ballot by mail which mm-hmm. i did as well and they requested Democrat ballots. But this mail carrier said he he admitted to changing a couple of them to Republican. Now, I don't know any other details of this case, but Mm -hmm. it is being widely publicized. And I bet you it will be picked up by very loud voices Mm -hmm. on a national level who will want to use this as proof of voter fraud and do away with mail-in. Yes, who will want to end mail-in voting based on this uh, very specious argument. Uh, of this one mail carrier in rural West Virginia who maybe changed a couple of ballot applications mm-hmm. from Democrat to Republican. Um, no one no one received undue votes. But you're going to hear a lot of noise about yeah. this. Very frustrating.
0: Which, if it was me, and I didn't have to request a party ballot, because in West Virginia, you know, I was registered a Democrat, so I got the Democratic one. I guess if you're an independent, you pick which one you want. Is that how it works here? Yes.
1: Um I believe. But, it's different in every state. I think in West Virginia, if you're an independent, you get to pick.
0: Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess I feel like I would have noticed if I would have gotten the wrong ballot and then I wouldn't have voted. So you know, yeah, like, who it doesn't are all these necessarily people?
1: entirely lead to voter fraud. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, they, obviously, there will be a case. Our attorney general is a. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know what words are you allowed to say on this podcast? <laughs> Oh, no. Bad person and will uh, make lots of hay about this and has already because this yeah. male, this poor mail carrier has perpetrated a great fraud against the citizens of West Virginia. Right. This is definitely the worst thing that's ever been done to the citizens of West Virginia. Oh, wait. Yep. Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> have you seen our water? Have you seen our mountains? They don't have tops anymore. <laughs> wow. Um Never mind, uh, <laughs> but you're going to hear about this in the news, and you're going to remember Sydney told you it was not the big deal that um, perhaps the president will make. Remember, out of it. Sydney told you. Remember, Sydney told you. Uh, speaking of authoritarian governments, there go. let's talk about the Hunger Games. <laughs> Smoothest transition uh, yet. <laughs> honestly, Ouch. it's really easy to go from right now to the Hunger Games. To the Hunger yeah. Games, which is scary,
0: terrifying, even. Um. I do want to talk about The Hunger Games, though, because it was my, I think, favorite book series as a a tween and a teen. You Mm -hmm. know, they came out, first book came out in, I believe, 2008, and then one came out in 2009, one came out in 2010, Um, and I read them a few years after because of you, Sydney.
1: You read them and then gave them to me, said, I think you will like these. Do you know who encouraged me to read them? No. Grandpa Dan. Really? Oh. Yes. That you, is where. If you knew
0: our grandpa Dan, you would know how surprising this is.
1: <laughs> well, it's already surprising that our grandpa got right. us into a teen dystopian a YA novel. Yeah, yes. But uh, he read them and really liked them and kept recommending them. And I'd heard so much buzz about them, so I read them.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I <laughs> read them when I was in middle school and immediately became very obsessed with them honestly Mm -hmm. like everything in my room became hunger games and katniss when the movie came out in 2012 i went to the midnight premiere and went in full katniss cosplay like dyed Mm -hmm. my hair dark brown made the jacket put like fake cuts and dirt on my face and stuff to make it look like i was in the hunger games made arrows you posed very
1: seriously too like if you see all the pictures yeah Mm -hmm. you are not
0: smiling no no well, no. because Katniss never smiles. You watch those movies, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence doesn't crack a smile once. Nope,
1: you are the girl on fire.
0: Yeah. Um, have my Mockingjay pen Very serious about it. Um, and I, I recently revisited them because the prequel book just came out that Suzanne Collins released about two mm-hmm. weeks ago. So I revisited all three books and thought, well, I should give these a reread because it's probably been a decade since I've read any of them. And I should rewatch the movies. And I realized not only does the... the story still pretty much hold up as a good story that i enjoy you know there are some parts i'm like well i enjoyed that a lot more when i was 13 but it's a very uh i think timely story and future Mm -hmm. setting to discuss um if you don't know the hunger games is a dystopian ya novel series about the future north america that's split into districts and it takes place on the 74th annual Hunger Games, the first book does, mm-hmm. which is this awful tradition they have in this new North America called Panem Am, where they pick two kids, a boy and a girl from each district, of which there are 12, and send them to a battle to the death, basically, that they televise for entertainment called the Hunger Games.
1: And the, the reason they do this is to basically remind all the citizens that the capital is in control, mm-hmm. resistance is futile. Right. We will do this to your children as a as a regular reminder that you live at the mercy of us and if you try to rise up against us, we will destroy you.
0: Yeah. And it sounds very dark, but because it is I mean that is. <laughs> but because of it's a YA novel, of course there's teen romance. <laughs> so that's also an important part as well as the, you know, dystopian battle royales and and government rebellions uh
1: yes that is true there is a (laughs) that was the only that was the only part that that didn't age as well for me is that i I was like i just the like it feels i know it was always part of the whole thing but the the love triangle starts to feel very strange towards especially towards the very end when it's so much about like war and propaganda and authoritarianism and all these different themes and then it's like but also who will she choose <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just it's a it's a crucial part of every
0: YA series right yeah. you have to have some dreamy mm-hmm. usually boys that your main female protagonist uh, is choosing between
1: mm-hmm.
0: um um which again, it's just wild when you think that, like, oh, Katniss was supposed to be sixteen years old in this first movie, and she starts this whole rebellion against the authoritarian government. Um, what
1: is, which is a which is an inspirational. Like that's the yeah. thing. It, it's the Hunger Games has been uh, repurposed in so many different ways mm-hmm. that I think sometimes you lose how like powerful it was. Like something like that—that's like a, an original kind of idea. Right. It loses its effect after a while. Yeah. Um, but it is a really cool thought that like she's just a regular person. Mm-hmm. She's a a regular person who has the ability to inspire and do great things. You know, mm-hmm. which is which is almost what Star Wars was about, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. Oh man. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I didn't
0: say that. Um, what did you, what did you all think? Because I know you all well, sitting a long time ago, you read all the books, but watching the movies in preparation for this this episode, I'm interested to know what you all thought because I still remember them very fondly as how I remembered them when I was, you know, twelve, reading them for the first time, watching them for the first time. But I have to imagine you all have a different view of them and opinion of them as as
1: adults. Tay, do you want to start off? Uh, I mean, I I feel like they they hold up as very entertaining movies. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I yeah, I think it's they're very moving. I I just rewatched them in preparation for this uh, this episode, and uh, I was I was surprised by just how how moved I was by you know katniss's characters and all the, the sacrifice uh i can't I was, I was looking at the wikipedia article earlier but the inspiration comes from what the uh the sacrifice to the the minotaur that the oh gosh it's a it's a, it's a roman myth yes. right um mm.
0: it's the greek myth of theseus and the Minotaur. And oh. which is a punishment for past crimes, Minos forces Athens to sacrifice seven youths and seven maidens to the minotaur, which kills them in a vast labyrinth
1: yeah i i, I didn't I knew that story, but I didn't know that was the inspiration mm-hmm, yeah, it also makes sense as to why the capital has that very decadent Roman feel <laughs> mm-hmm. well I guess in the in the original myth, there's you know one person volunteers to to enter in and and to free them, mm-hmm. and so I like that that's sort of a you know uh, i i like a bringing back a lo- sort of a lost heroic story and giving it a modern setting. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I love that sort of reinterpretation mm-hmm. of it. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, they're they're good movies. It was cool to see the books have so much stuff when you read them that obviously would would lend themselves to amazing visuals. That it's neat to see that realized on screen. I think most of the time it doesn't disappoint. There were little. Things that I like in my head, I felt like I would have liked to see more than what the interpretation was on the screen. But I mean, they're little they're nitpicky things, nothing major. Um, I do think key to the movies being so good is casting Mm -hmm. because you have to buy this idea that Katniss goes from being kind of a. I mean, even though she's obviously very like athletic and skilled and principled and all those things and tough Uh, she's not exactly like great at giving speeches like you know I mean she's not supposed to be a charismatic figure she does have flaws like she's
0: very stubborn and she doesn't like being in front of people and she's not willing to like follow along what other people are saying you know this is what's best for you right now this is how you should do this just get through this right now and then you know Mm -hmm. go about your life she is not very good at doing those things kind of not close-minded in a bad way, just very focused on her own to, ideas.
1: To see that character grow into, like, the the figurehead of a revolution, mm-hmm. to somebody that you could put on a screen and that would encourage people to revolt and mm-hmm. rise up in arms and risk their own lives for a cause, it's like that's a huge—that's a, that's a tall order, yeah. you know, to place on the actor who's going to play that role. Right. And, I mean— it's Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. so of course she did a great job. So obviously she was up to the task.
0: Yeah, I uh, I do think that's one of the funniest parts of any of the movies. I believe it's in the oh gosh, I can't remember whether it's the no, it's the third movie um, when they're trying to get her to film like propaganda. Uh, <laughs> Mm clips for their revolution and they give her this script and put her in front of a green screen almost and just over and over again she is just so bad at being on camera and following a script and they're just so and you know it's jennifer lawrence who is a great actress acting as someone who is a very bad actress and it's just such like a good i don't know it's very funny because it's very awkward and uncomfortable to watch katniss try to be a on tv i guess
1: it does have that kind of humor and relatability at times um, mm-hmm. early on. I will say that as it as the story goes on, it gets so dark, it's hard to find that. Sure. I can't say I cracked a smile in the last movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think that's what's hard about these kind of series is, you know, it starts and you have like the beginning of, I mean, it always happens in the dystopian novel series like Divergent is another one that comes to mind that I read that's kind of similar where you have a young person starting this revolution against the government that is you know hurting people or dividing people or doing something harmful to the country as a whole and then you have the whole battle to get there and you know because it's a YA novel at some point they're going to get there it's probably not going to end with like you know nothing good came of it (laughs) but you always have like some important (laughs) characters I know you always have some important characters that get lost along the way or some really depressing plot points along the way sure um because you know they're not gonna it's gonna come at a price yeah you can't have a good i don't want to say realistic but like somewhat believable story where you don't lose anyone or lose anything
1: yeah now if i were writing the books right <laughs> nobody um, dies everybody's happy this is a good book I think they, actually more why. people come into it. Everyone just they, has babies. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't need to have a war. They just write some really strongly worded editorials mm. that are published in papers that really change minds uh-huh. and really get people to think. Boy, uh-huh. that and then President Snow's like, "Let's hold an election." You're right. I'm wrong. And I'm wrong. <laughs> and then somebody else gets elected president, and like they stop the Hunger Games and. I mean, he should probably go to jail. Yeah, And he does, yeah, willingly. He goes, okay, jail now. It's fine. It's, Here, put the cuffs yeah, on you're me. You're right. Stand. Yeah, that would you're be right. real nice, Sid. I'd, I'd like that. Um, <laughs> you know. Where is that book? Know. But they do, man, there's some great characters that, uh, that meet yeah. some pretty, pretty unfortunate fates in this series. I don't know.
0: I would argue that some of the best characters that are the supporting characters that aren't like your main, you know, your Katniss and Peta and Gale. Sure. Are the ones that meet the worst ends. I,
1: I would agree uh, with that.
0: I, want, I yeah. want you
1: to both elaborate on this. But, first. but before we do that. Let's check the group message. Uh, so I want to tell you both about Raycon. Because whether you're working from home right now or you're working on your fitness... Justin has a T-shirt that has a picture of a pizza, and it says, "I'm working on my fitness, fitness whole pizza in my mouth." Oh. I would like to point out that it is from the Great Wolf Lodge and it is a wolf eating pizza. That's true. That's true. Uh, Raycon has you covered, <laughs> whether you're like actual fitness or just fitness whole pizza in your mouth. Uh, you you need you will need something to listen to, right? Everybody mm-hmm. needs you need to stimulate that that all those all that neural activity. You need Mm -hmm. those neurons firing. Uh, You should check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. They're stylish. They're discreet. They start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. And they sound just as amazing as the top audio brands that you already know about. Uh, The great thing I love about Raycon is that they don't fall out of my ears. Mm -hmm. That's the worst when your headphones fall out when you're trying to jam. Yeah, especially if, if you are, if you're like, you know i'll often do it when i'm like working around the house like doing dishes or laundry or cleaning up or picking up so i'm walking all over the place or if you are exercising good for you i'm not Mm -hmm. but if you are uh, raycon is great because you get this quality you get a lower price and they're not going to fall out because my ears must be weirdly shaped and if you're ours too this is a problem (laughs) Uh, Their newest model, the Everyday E25 Earbuds, are the best ones yet. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. They're so comfortable, and they are perfect for conference calls or if you want to listen to your favorite podcast. Oh, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Like still buffering. (laughs) I said it just in case you didn't get the subtext. Yeah. Taylor, if our listeners want to check out... Raycon, what should they now do? Now it's time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get fifteen percent off your order at buyraycon.com slash buffering. That's buyraycon dot com slash buffering for fifteen percent off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon dot com slash buffering. All right, so you want to tell me about all of the great characters that meet unfortunate ends? Well, obviously, I don't. We never said spoilers, but yeah, like, there are spoilers. Obviously we're
0: I, I I guess we haven't spoiled too much up to this point. No, I kind of just shared the plot. Yeah, yeah, there will be spoilers from now on. Um, I won't spoil anything about the new book because that's very recent, but the movies have been out for a very long time and are all available to watch, and so are the books to read. Um, I think that one of the most disappointing for me, and I think you both will agree, perhaps the most disappointing, is Katniss's younger sister, Primrose, who is especially disappointing, not just because she's young, and because she's a good-hearted character and person, but because the whole point of the beginning of the plot of the series was that Katniss doesn't want her younger sister to die in The Hunger Games, so Katniss volunteers to take yeah. her place. And then mm-hmm. the whole series ends within the last like 15 minutes of the last movie, or the last book,
1: Prim dies. Well, I think, yes, I I felt like that was very And That's unfair. one of the things that, I don't know, that I... I find very interesting about Katniss and just how this, how the story is told is she never seems to want to be an icon or, you know, like lead a revolution. She just wants to keep her family and namely prim safe. Like that is her driving Mm -hmm. force through all of this. She's a very reluctant leader and she goes along with the whole rebellion because it's, she's got so many people kind of forcing her into that role. But I think that's the great tragedy of the book is the, everything is driven by her desire to protect prim and that is the one thing that she it's a big thing that she loses in all this mm-hmm. yeah yeah It, i it was hard i mean i think i think that the message that is being sent with all that is an honest one is a truth that like is uncomfortable because it's a truth which is that at the end of the day, that kind of like war and devastation, there aren't real victors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, uh, as I was rewatching the last film, I thought it was very, uh, such great writing. I don't remember if this is straight from the book or if this was like reworked for the screenplay for the movie. But when, um, Evie? Effie. Effie. Yes. I not remember her name. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks character. When Effie wishes Katniss a farewell as she's finally like going back home mm-hmm. when all of the death and destruction is over. Uh, she says, uh, I hope you finally find it. And you think that she's going to say happiness when Katna says what? And she says, the life of a victor. Mm-hmm. And it's so well written because it's like, it's not necessarily happy. Like no. at the end of this, it's not, it, you can't find happiness because so much bad has happened. And in this, she lost obviously her sister, but like a big chunk of who she was and what she cared about. And you know, her home. Well, yeah, her entire home. And that, district. that same sentiment. I forget who says it, but it's in the the second movie. Uh, they said there are no, there are winners. There are just survivors, and mm-hmm, like in reference mm-hmm. to the games. But I think that applies to the story as a whole.
0: Yeah, um, which I think like the plot of the whole second book and movie is so smart moving forward in the series because it's not just like a continuation of, oh, Cadmus. You know, made it so both of them won. Again, spoiler, the first games, Peta and Katniss both were able to win, and it really upset the capital. So let's see how she continues to fight back. The second movie is all about now the 75th Hunger Games, the third quarter quell, is all victors from past Hunger Games that are forced to fight against each other. And because District 12, where Katniss is from, only has one female victor, and it's her, she has to go. And of course, Peta is one of two male tributes, and he volunteers to go as well. And then you have all these victors who have already been through this once that are forced to do it again to each other that all have kind of lived this life as a victor where they've realized, oh, this is like a horrible world that we live in and I don't even like that I'm taking advantage of the victory of this. It doesn't feel like I've won anything and now we're here doing it again and there's not even a desire in most of them to mm. fight anymore because it's just like, what what's the point?
1: Well, and I, I think it I think there's so many things that like, they're taken to an extreme for the purposes of like writing of sure. making it a good story, but that's such like an author authoritarian playbook. Like, mm-hmm. all right, there are only certain ones of you who get to win. Okay. Actually, even you don't get to win. Right? right. Yeah. Cause at, Cause at the end of the day, only the capital wins. Yeah. Only the capital is in charge. None of you will ever really be, vi- be victorious even on that well, level. And as yeah. you get to know, uh, some of my fa- favorite characters come from the, the victors in the, and the, the sequel is like mm-hmm. a book, Finnick and Johanna, like they're great <sighs> characters, but you you realize yeah. that a lot of the v- previous victors are still kind of I mean, they're like prostituted out by the capital they're they're tre- yeah you know, mm-hmm. they're treated as objects, and that even after winning their hunger games, their lives have not gone on to be necessarily good lives. They've still continued to be tools of the capital.
0: right. you have this really weird relationship between they call the career tributes that come from like districts one and two which i think the the way it's pretty much worked is that the further down you get on the number of districts the like poorer they are Mm -hmm. so districts one and two are still pretty wealthy and are closest to the capital and then you move out which we haven't mentioned yet but i think that's probably why i liked them so much is because katniss is from district 12 which is in appalachia west virginia Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, she's um, from
1: she's from the seam, which is of course a reference to mining and mm-hmm. co- the, the, a seam of coal, yeah. I believe. District twelve's and- whole uh, economy is coal based, and
0: they're the poorest of the twelve districts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have this really weird relationship where the career tributes from those wealthy districts like enjoy the Hunger Games, and it's an honor to be a tribute. I think it's even mentioned in the books at one point that it's not uncommon for them to volunteer there because they want to fight right. in them mm-hmm. and they're trained for it their whole lives it's not like you know a um, a sentence to death it's like oh this is where i get to prove myself and i don't care if i have to kill people and i've trained for this and worked for this so you even have that in the victors that come back in the second one the ones from those wealthier districts were like yeah you know even one of the teams is a brother and sister that both had won that volunteered to be there together because they want to win again and they don't care if they have to kill each other like that's what they'll do and then the further you move out, you have people like Finnick and Mags, who is also from Finnick's district, who volunteered to take the place of Finnick's girlfriend. Um, Katniss and Peta and Johanna, who, Wiris and Beattie, also two of my favorites, who don't want to be there, just want to work together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even though they know at some point that's not going to work out.
1: Um, I think I think the turn that they make that is really clever uh especially for like something that's aimed like a YA kind of book mm-hmm. is uh the the good guys, so to speak, mm-hmm. led by coin, mm-hmm. let the resistance, the rebels, um, are not all good. Yes. And they they really dissect that idea that like if you're in power, even if you're in power in charge of the good side, mm-hmm. that power can lead to corruption and you know, you, you see that play out um, very obviously by the end. I had I had kind of forgotten, I think, yeah. what yeah. what ends the battle finally, how the war ends. Right.
0: Um, I mean, you go back and, and the Hunger Games have ended because they kind of end the quarter quell with all the victors early by um, the head game maker Plutarch. Heavensby helps half of them escape to save Katniss to make her the head of their rebellion. And... They finally defeat the Capitol and they've made their way into the president's mansion and captured him and are planning to execute him. And then the leader, their president, Coin says, "Okay, well, now we're going to have a symbolic Hunger Games with the Capitol's children to show them that we won't you know, we're in charge now and to show them what they've done to us, Um, which, of course, is not good it's just repeating what has happened before but they think it's good because it's under a different name Um, so Katniss says she's going to execute President Snow and instead executes President Coyne and lets all of the um, people from the districts and from the rebellion kill Snow themselves which is pretty brutal it's pretty dark Um,
1: it also it also the what the the part that ends the the battle Mm -hmm. is they think the Capitol bombs their own citizens To try to put off the rebellion, but really disguised as the capital, the rebellion bombs a bunch of children. Well, And that's Mm -hmm. how Prim dies, so. Yeah, yes. And I mean, that's kind of, that's what ends the, that's what solves the love triangle, unfortunately, yeah? I mean. Yeah, because that idea of like uh, an initial, which... uh, it makes sense now in retrospect when you're seeing these scenes playing out at first, you're like, Why are we talking about this? like these extended right. like s- strategy sessions among the resistance? I'm sitting here like, I don't care. Just move on with the story yeah. like what wh- what weapons are we going to use? But Gail, who's one of the boys, <laughs> yeah, one of the aforementioned boys, um lays out this plan of like a bomb that's smaller that will attract medics and other people to the scene and then a second bomb that'll kill everybody and that's basically what they do they drop some smaller bombs that injure a bunch of kids and so a ton of people rush into the scene including medics including prim and then the second bomb goes off yeah which is all like pretty freaking evil yeah very dark gale um but his whole district has been destroyed i mean like these are hurt people hurt people and these are people who have been completely right. devastated
0: yeah um which again speaks to i think katniss's mm-hmm. character that she started the whole rebellion while she was in the hunger games and didn't even know it to the point where after she leaves the first games there are rebellions happening in every single district that snow blames on her even though she unintentionally rebelled against the capital just by trying to save both her and PETA from the games um, which then leads to all of District 12 being basically decimated and mm-hmm. destroyed because they had an, an uprising.
1: It's all it's all a lot. For yeah. a teen. It is a lot. <laughs> the thing is there. Yeah, there is no there's no bad guy. It's not like here's the bad evil empire you have to overthrow. We're the good rebels. It's like the rebels were kind of bad, too. All, I mean, the lesson is such a bigger lesson about like those who crave power probably shouldn't have it. And Like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's complex. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I do, I do think it's rough that the, um, that the romance angle gets pushed into it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I understand. I think that from the setup of Katniss and Peta not being willing to kill each other Mm -hmm. and willing to die together rather, rather than do so. I think it's hard it's going to be hard and it's a, and it's a really good like starting point like end of the first book yeah jumping off point for the rest of the series so like I'm not criticizing that choice I think it's a really good choice it is really hard to avoid a romance there yeah, yeah. like that is a tough I I think for me the harder part was the love triangle because then it led to a scene which as it started <laughs> happening I was like well oh, that's from freaking Twilight too where we have to have the two guys quietly discussing the girl while she's sleeping nearby (laughs) nearby like which one of us do you think she loves i I think it's you buddy i don't know i think it's you (laughs) like why do we have to have this i mean we had the same thing with edward and jacob like i don't know you can keep her warm yeah but she loves you and
0: like (laughs) oh man i don't know i i watched all these movies in quick succession last week one night after another and you think Katniss and Gail, like, oh, they secretly love each other. They're from the same district. They've grown up together. They have this whole plan for their life together. And then um, she she comes back and she's been pretending to be in love with PETA for the, the TV and the entertainment mm-hmm. of it all. And then um, she just keeps randomly kissing Gail, like, in random <laughs> times. Just like, oh, this feels like a good time to kiss you. And every time he's like, I know you don't like me. Why did you just kiss me? And then it just keeps happening to a point where it's like there's not even anything left there story wise for Katniss and Gail. But I guess we got to keep this love triangle going to the very end of the series.
1: I think it's uh, but I think as and it's it's again in the book, it was one way in my head. But like when you watch it play out, I think maybe it's a little more stark. Mm -hmm. Katniss has a lot going on up there. Like her brain is pretty full with 16. yeah. Yeah, she's she's young. She's had to survive these, you know, awful child murder trials Uh, you know i mean she's she's also had to like keep her family alive Mm -hmm. most of their lives you know i mean like literally hunting for their food like literally providing for her family and then this and then now she's supposed to be like this propaganda figure for a war and like at the same time we're supposed to believe that she's devoting a lot of brain energy to which Boy, she's got a crush on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it in the movie, it was harder for me to buy. Like, oh come on, Katniss does not have time for these boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I mean, I am. I will say, like, <laughs> as I was rewatching in the beginning, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't like. Peeta's character is a little. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this character. And then you know, there's like the. I think in the uh-huh. you know, second yep. movie, there's just an entire sequence is just like oh peter fell down oh, oh no peter's hurt again uh, somebody peter's heart stopped like, like
0: <laughs> this, this guy <laughs> there really is the whole second movie it's just peter
1: just keeps getting hurt yeah. almost dying it's up to Cat like, this is a lot sometimes yeah finick. Sometimes finick. Uh, but uh but I do think like because you know the, the big uh, the thing that happens to both of them over the course of the whole series is they accrue an immense amount of trauma and it's sort of it's sort of sad but I think bittersweet end that they are kind of at the end they're right for each other because they're the only people that understand each other's trauma and that's very sad but it's also you know that kind of ability to like comfort each other through their nightmares and and you know for Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. his like his like real not real thing is just so sad to me but the Katniss can kind of ground him Mm -hmm. and it's just it's, it's mm-hmm. sad, but it's like they both just are kind of broken in the same ways so they can keep each other together. Right. And I it it makes more sense, like, the more I think about it, it all fits. And again, I actually think that that, that ending for me made more sense seeing it yeah, than it did when I first read it. I thought, like, well, it kind of seems like she still has the hots for Gail. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but she's just like, well, Pito is fine. Pito will do. <laughs> He's here. Yeah. And I like I really remember walking away from the books kind of thinking like, was that a love story? I don't know. Um, But then after seeing it play out, it makes more sense. And like it fits
0: better. Yeah. I I do think it speaks to the, the time of, you know, all these very popular YA dystopian novels in like the mid 2000s, 2010s, that you had to have a female protagonist that had to have a male love interest. Because that's just like it didn't matter what her overall story was, what the world was like. She had to have romance in there somewhere because Mm -hmm. that's just like what a teen girl had to have, which is no shade to Suzanne Collins. I will talk all day about how amazing of a writer she is. I mean, even with the exception of PETA, which I think about a lot, the names that she comes (laughs) up with for like these weird dystopian names that are just slightly different enough from names you would see commonly now but aren't entirely unbelievable, except for PETA because, like, he's a baker, like Pita Bread.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that, that one always, that one was the one yeah. that, that always bothered me a little, like, so his parents are bakers, so they named him Peter. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I always thought it was, like, Peter, but said with, like, a fancy British accent. PETA PETA Peeta. Uh,
0: I mean, like, the, uh, that's one of the things I, If isn't a spoiler, about the prequel book. She she's written... 24 a list of 24 names basically at one point that most of them end up not even being characters that we go back to but she's just come up with all of these names and this whole world building that she is able to do that makes it seem so far off but also at the same time has all of these realistic qualities to it where you can like see where a world would come to what the world has come to in the hunger games which is terrifying and sad but also like it's not entirely unbelievable and it is built in reality but expounded upon in a i don't know a great way i think she's a great writer and i love these books still
1: oh i think uh, yeah all these all these critiques are more just discussing the way i think it impacted us and changes as we age and all that but i i would stand with you and say like i enjoyed them i think that they were very good i think it uh is actually um, not just like as a teen or as a female looking for strong female characters, but even just like about authoritarianism mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I think it's actually a pretty good interpretation yeah. of that and like instructive in some ways. And um, I, I I super enjoyed them and would encourage my children to read them when they're older. Yeah. Not yet. Not now. <laughs> um If you are a
0: fan of the original trilogy or are going to be a fan of the original trilogy when you read it or watch it because of this episode, because I promise you will be a fan. um, The prequel book, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, just came out and is a story of President Snow when he was a teen and during the 10th Hunger Games, right after the war that led to the Hunger Games. And it's a very good Backstory, I think, not just for the character of Snow, but for the world and how it got to where it was in the original trilogy. And I would highly recommend because it's just another continuation of like how far this yeah. story goes.
1: Can I also just say that Haymitch is another great character we never mentioned? Oh man,
0: how do we forget him? I know. And
1: and Haymitch so, is great. So, he's so maybe a, the best character. I love Haymitch. He He's my number on that quiz everybody was taking about what fictional characters. You got Haymitch, didn't you? He was my number one. Of all different, not just for the Hunger Games, like of all different properties in that thing of all the however many hundreds of characters. Yeah. Apparently, I am most like (laughs) Hamish. I don't know what that says. I love like the weird parental figures of Hamish and Effie that kind of emerge. Yeah. Like Effie, too. I mean, her her change over the movies from somebody who just seems like a complete and total like vacant doll Mm -hmm. to actually like really, you know. I, and I mean, I think she switched sides not necessarily because of her beliefs, but just because of the people that she loved. And I think right. that's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and honest. Yeah, and Cina.
0: We didn't mention Cina, but he was also one of my favorites.
1: Oh, Cina! yeah. Katniss is a
0: designer for all of her Girl on Fire clothes.
1: Yeah, because there's so wow. much about wardrobe that's really important to this story. That really is. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't always understand that when I read it the first time. Like, why are we talking about her dresses? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> But it was very important. Well, it, it made sense. Important. It was very important to the plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I gosh the the visuals. I mean, the costume design of the movie. I think it's so cool just how everybody in the Capitol, they're so decadently dressed, but they also look like their skin is just flaking off mm-hmm. with makeup. Like mm-hmm. there's something gross about the way that all this beautu- beautiful opulence, and then they also there's just this level of like just like sort of ghostliness yeah. to all of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, Senna of course stands out because he doesn't he doesn't engage with all that. He just wears his signature gold eyeliner oh. and he's good to go. But. He's the best. So many well, good characters. Thank you for bringing this for us to discuss. Thank Riley. you all for
0: this was a good choice. Joining me. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Always will be.
1: Uh next week. Yeah, what's next, Sid? <laughs> oh, oh. you're you're both in for a treat. Do 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 do. Do, 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 do. do you know what I'm
0: I mean, I know what you're going to say. I don't wanna but... wait
1: okay. for our lives to be over. I want no, We're gonna watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, we <Hey>. are. <laughs> you don't right. sound excited, either of you. I did. you knew it was gonna happen. Yeah,
0: I knew it was gonna happen. I've never watched it before, so
1: at least watch the pilot and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hand a couple episodes to give you a sense. But like I the pilot it does a really good job of laying out who everybody is. Um and, uh, and you can all join me in falling in love with, with Pacey one episode at a time. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well,
0: all right. We'll be ready for next week, I suppose. Uh,
1: you're you're going to have to jump ahead, though, because Busy Phillips shows up there eventually. We'll have Sid give us a list she's of all great. The, the best <laughs> moments All right, and important plot points, and we'll... All right. For next week, or Dawson's visit. Creek. Yes. Yes. Give us an episode list. I, w- yeah. I will do so. Uh, thank you both. Um, this has been fun. Thank you listeners for joining us. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at Buffering at MaximumFun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or comments or questions or whatever. And uh, you should check out MaximumFun.org for a lot of wonderful podcasts that we think you would enjoy. Yeah. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, A Your Mind.
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering.
1: And, and I am, am too. It was really, it was a really dark movie. So I might go it back. It I need to go watch something cheery. I like Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Perfect <laughs> <laughs> answer. Judge John Hodgman won a Webby in the comedy podcast category. After 10 years of production, Judge John Hodgman has finally won the Susan Lucci of the Webbys. What is Judge John Hodgman? Comedy writer and television personality John Hodgman settles disputes between friends, family, co-workers, partners, and more. Is Machine Gun a robot? Should a grown adult tell his parents about his tattoos? Should a family be compelled to wear matching outfits on vacation? Listen to Judge John Hodgman to find out the answers to these age-old disputes and more. If you haven't listened to Judge John Hodgman, now is a great time to start. Judge John Hodgman is available on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get your podcasts.
0: MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Listener supported.